0: Welcome to Solo Sailing with Trevor White, and this episode we're going to talk about sailing from Whangaree, New Zealand, to Nuka Alufa in Tonga, or the Kingdom of Tonga. Tonga. So, just arrived in Tonga, my crew are off exploring Nuka Alufa, and I'm just chilling out on the boat, it um, in the small boat harbour of Nuka Alufa, having cleared customs, And yeah, just uh, having a bit of a chill day, it's been a long, long voyage, quite difficult at times. And um, yeah, this place is quite beautiful, the weather is good, we've got, uh, there's a bit of a blow maybe coming through so we're anchored out in a small boat harbour, we've got a stern anchor out, I think we're in a pretty good location, Um, or two two stern anchors out, uh, anchor lines out, I I should say. So yeah, we're still to do some stuff with cruising permits and uh, some shopping, and I found out recently there's the king's birthday coming up, so we're going to hang around for that, which is exciting, uh, or at least it's pretty exciting in this part of the world. So um, yeah, we thought we'd uh, we'd attend that. Sounds like a big big parade, song and dance. So it sounds like fun. Um, but at the moment, yeah, there's work to be done on the boat needs a bit of a tidy up the crew needed uh, to get off the boat everybody's uh, sick of looking at each other so they're all out uh, exploring town doing some uh, basic shopping, getting some money I think I've given Justine and Pierre some small tasks and um, Esther's off uh, yeah I think she's just having a look around so yeah, still have the crew Um, Pierre, Justine and uh, Esther they're all going to stay with me from here up through um, Tonga. So there's three parts to the Tonga. There's um, the bottom kingdom, the middle kingdom, and the top kingdom, as they call them. So we're going to stay here and explore at Alufa for a little while and get all of our administration done. So when we, uh, in the last episode, we uh, interviewed the crew, about a little over halfway up the trip, so we we left Marston Cove or Fongerey, Port Fungare, and weather wasn't exactly lovely, but that was the best weather we had to depart on, and it was blowing the right direction. So it was pretty damn rough leaving for the first few days, and everybody was seasick. That weather you know um, calmed down a little. We got more consistent trade winds. And uh, then we had to slow down to avoid a massive storm, which was um, a couple of days in ahead of us. And that's one of the benefits of having um, Starlink. So I've been using Starlink to do weather planning and sending, receiving emails. It's a bit too expensive to use on the ocean unless you've got very deep pockets. Uh, the way I use Starlink is we we use it on uh, RV roaming. And then there's a maritime aspect, and that means that I pay three dollars US per gigabyte. And I get away with a couple of gigabytes per trip, like a week, um, if I just use it for email and for um, checking my weather maps every day. If uh, that means everybody you know, can ch- check their emails, update their social media bullshit, and um, and yeah, study some weather maps, uh, maybe do some yeah, Google Google downloads or whatever. Um, But, yeah, if you leave it on, it gets very expensive very fast. So um, that's how we use it, and it's proving to be a very good tool. Like, it doesn't work in really rough conditions, but up to about C-State 5, like 30 knots, I can generally, you know, get a, um, get some form of, you know, data connection with the uh, satellites and get reasonable bandwidth in calm conditions. You know, I'm still pulling, you know, 150 megabits which is amazing for uh, maritime satcom, and a lot cheaper than anything else that was available. Although I am a bit pissed that they changed the, um, the contracts and now we're paying per gigabyte, which I think is just bullshit because, you know, it's just a way to um, make boating people pay more. But yeah, sitting here, um, now what was the trip, like the trip was 12 days. It's thousand and sixty-two nautical miles as the crow flies. We probably did about thirteen or fourteen hundred nautical miles sailing around, avoiding storms, tacking, jibing, etc. As I said, we had a pretty rough start to the uh, to the trip uh, for the first week. It was yeah, it was generally pretty ugly, crap conditions. Mid trip, we slowed down to avoid a storm, so we got much better weather, and then we got a bit of that storm. You know, it's just rough seas as the storm passes. And then at the end of the trip, we we basically um, had really pleasant weather. Light winds, that's probably the only downside, you know, we got light winds, so we um, slowed us down. But, you know, I would rather sail light, consistent winds and just get flogged every day. And as we arrived up to um, Tonga, the weather became quite light and fickle. And I wasn't going to be able to get in, so I had to sort of just kill some time. So we sailed around a little island to the south southeast of um, Lufa called Ea. Basically went out there and then just drifted down that island all night. And, um, and then drifted down to another little island called um, Iki Island, which is basically at the uh, entrance to the shipping lane. On the east side of Nuka or Lufa. so didn't want to go there in there at night. These areas have reputation for not maintaining navigation lights, and uh, you know these are still these channels are bordered by um, reef, uh, and I'd rather just wait till daylight and come in using my eyeball navigation, which in this case I think was a smart move. Um, so. Six o'clock in the morning, we started to get some some um, daylight. Uh, woke the crew and, because uh, I pretty much just stayed on watch for a few hours, just drifting along trying not to run into any islands. And, um, yeah, woke the crew, got the cameras out, as everybody wants to take photos when you're coming into a new place. And It was a beautiful day. It sunshine, it was glassy, there was no wind. So we just motor, or motor, motored rather, up the channel. Had to do a bit of a dog leg to get in. Um, but yeah, conditions are just fantastic. And then on arriving at Nukalufo, so it's Sunday we arrived, um, and we didn't really know where to go. Like we couldn't quite work out exactly where the port was, where the customs was. So we um, we went into a place where there's a heap of boats anchored, and it was called Big Mummers Restaurant or Island. It's just off the um, just off from uh, Nukalufa Small Boat Harbour, and it's a popular place with cruisers. So we had to get out there, and uh, what was that? It was probably, you know, 13 to 20 metres deep, so again, it's a bit deep. All the moorings were taken, which is always a the way. There's quite a few boats, there's probably about eight boats, but we anchored next to a boat who we knew. Um, yeah, they helped us uh, find a spot where we could get a pick down, and, um, yeah, and they gave us a drum, so... Customs wasn't working on the Sunday, so there's no point tying up on the town wharf, which meant we wouldn't have been able to go for a swim, we wouldn't have been able to leave the boat. So what we did was we just anchored out at um, Big Mummer's and went for a swim, checked out the hull, cooled off, had a beer, ate some food, slept. We were pretty much exhausted. A lot of the other boats went into Big Mumma's and um, yeah, there was a barbecue on. and uh, But yeah, we were all just too exhausted, we just wanted to sleep. But the weather was absolutely fantastic, it was a beautiful day, it was calm, didn't have to worry about anything, so um, I was pretty happy just to chill out and catch up on some sleep, you know, the the other boat, the uh, catamaran. Um, called Little Fish, was uh, a guy we met in New Zealand at the fuel dock just before we left and he was about a day, day ahead of us, so they actually got caught in the big storm. Their starlink wasn't working, so they didn't know that this um, tropical depression was moving through and... Yeah, they got beaten up for a few days ahead of us, but they survived okay. Although they did tear tear their main and sail bag, so yeah, not so great. But um, yeah, early in the morning, they they took off to be first on the uh, fuel dock, or not fuel dock, but on the uh, customs dock. They also wanted to take on fuel. Um, so yeah, when we got there, there was already. A large fifty-foot catamaran, and then uh, their forty-foot catamaran. Um, but we were fortunate enough to be able to tie up alongside Littlefish. Pretty Richard's a pretty easy-going guy, and and then we settled in to wait for customs. So, island customs can be working on island time, and today was or yesterday was no ex- exception. We notified customs that we were there we expected customs to come on down they'd already had two previous boats Uh, but after three hours you know it was getting a little bit uh, frustrating so richard and i both uh, took all our paperwork and went to find customs and that was that was an adventure in itself you think you think a customs building would be clearly marked customs, you know, like uh, yacht customs or small boat customs or or something. But no, it wasn't marked and everybody had a different opinion of where it was. Fucking it still amazes me. Um, but on the way there was a ATM, so as you left the small boat harbour, so it, well, basically as you come into the small boat harbour, you go straight ahead there's a little concrete dock. In 2023 that was the place where you tied up alongside Um could very well change as I think these things change from time to time but looking straight ahead at the uh, at the road we turn left we walk down the road um, about 150 meters was a um, ATM so grab some cash out, and and then about another hundred meters sorry ATM was on the right 100 meters further down on the left was a road so that took us down to the port area and yeah, if you walk down that road about 150 meters 200 meters there's a uh, series of buildings and one of those buildings is the customs building it was under had some construction work going on so that may have been the problem with signage although i felt the whole whole setup was pretty slack but anyway we uh, we eventually found customs Um, and Went in there as politely as possible, said, hey, we're from these two boats, um, just trying to clear in. Can you guys help us out? And they proceeded to you know, process our customs work at the start of it there. And then we. Um, they said, well, we'll come back to the boat. We'll um, meet you there. So they end up giving us a lift back to the boat, which was nice. And... Um, we then had to wait for a couple more people. So we had customs, immigration, um, someone else, I can't recall. And they proceeded to do Richard's boat first. And then um, and it came across to my boat. Uh, it was pretty straightforward and pain free But yeah, we have Australian passport, French passports, English passports, all written a little bit differently so you know some of that can be confusing uh, then all the boat paperwork and um, the other paperwork that they require so you you tend to be filling out forms you know half the time you're not even sure what you're filling out but um, went through the process it wasn't terribly expensive they were very polite they didn't want to come into the boat it was too hot um, a lot of these customs people are uh, well built and uh, they don't like going into hatches, and they don't like sitting in a stuffy cabin. So they were quite comfortable sitting up in the cockpit. You yeah, know, passed out a few tins of Walkers um, or Coke, which I normally sort of keep Coke or orange juice or something. You know, for customs people. I mean, they're doing a doing a job, but you know, they're still running around. So it's nice to have some cool refreshments. But I suppose it took about an hour and a half once they turned up to uh, to process. Everything and then we were advised, you know, in the next couple of days we get our cruising permit. So basically, you're uh, you're stuck until you get your cruising permit, you can't really go anywhere unless you just want to leave the country again. So, we want to travel through the kingdoms, we want to travel up to the middle kingdom to Punai. Uh, that's apparently where there's a lot of the whales and um, some good diving, I'm told. There's also a, a couple of volcanoes up that way um we're just going to work out whether we stop at those or not and um so yeah cruising permits required and then once we go there we will go to the uh the northern island but we're also advised that we have to stop at each location check in with customs at each location get cleared in cleared out so um not really a money grab i think it's more just a control you know they want to control where people are going and what they're doing um uh, that's okay, it's their country. It's just, uh, it's inconvenient, but at the same time you get to see each place and, you know, I always stop and buy, buy some food and groceries at all these places. I might pick up some fuel at each location. Um, you know, you spread the money around, you get to see people, get to meet people, get to look at processes. Um, so, yeah, in that way, it was, um, it's good. But... Uh, so far, the, um, we're in Nukulufa. where um, tomorrow. We'll probably go and take on. Probably need about forty litres of diesel, maybe twenty litres of uh, of petrol for the generator. Uh, haven't used very much, to be honest. The sun's out, so um, solar is now working again. We weren't getting a lot of solar on the uh, on the trip up. It was pretty overcast. So, but yeah, only really used about twenty litres of um, petrol for the generator. Um, but now i should be charging batteries with the sun uh didn't use that much fuel like we only I think we're only motored for maybe about you know 40 hours um yeah which is which is next to nothing um what else do we need to do we might need to get some more gas uh, I think I'm low on one of the gas so I'll find try and find a gas guy. But yeah, I'm sure a couple of extra cylinders. I just try and top these things up where I can. A lot of boats are changing over to induction heating, or sorry, induction induction cooking, and it's fantastic. You know, I do like the concept, um, but I would need to add probably 400 amps of battery and more solar. So if I got rid of the gas, then I would um, I would need more solar, or I would need more. Uh, Generate a runtime for charging, um, and I sort of work on the principle of redundancy. I like redundant systems, and having gas gives me redundancy if something goes wrong. At the very least, even if I got rid of the uh, the gas cooker, I would keep the gas barbecue because I can always cook a meal on the gas gas barbecue in case the electric cooker went um, went pear shaped. I do have a uh, what do you call them? Like an air cooker. Um, you know, doing bread and uh, heating foods up—it's—it's it's not too bad. Um, but you know, I still—I still prefer to cook a, a meal on a gas gas stove. My um, gas oven's a bit of a nightmare at times. It's difficult to get lit, but once it is lit, it—it's good. Uh, it also doubles as a heater sometimes because uh, I don't have heating on the boat. Um, being in the tropics most of the time, so if it's really cold, I'll just turn the I'll turn the, uh, the oven on for a few hours and head up the boat. Yeah, crack a window. So, yeah. Um, but the next couple of days, you've got the King's birthday with a big parade. So I think one of the things Esther's doing is working out where all that's going to take place. Probably sitting in a coffee house having a coffee, to be honest. But hopefully she'll come back with some information on that. Um, ask the... Everybody to check out where the supermarkets are, so we need to go and buy some more food. We've used up a week's worth of food, so we'll buy some more fresh stuff. Maybe a bit more meat. Hopefully, we'll catch some fish, but you, know, you can never rely on that. I think this afternoon we're going to go and catch up with uh, Richard and his crew. They've uh, got uh, he's got two blokes on board, a mate or a couple of mates. So um, yeah, we'll go out and have a few beers with those guys. And I think oh you know, they're just anchored, um, only about fifty meters from us now. So we're all anchored in the little boat harbor. It's pretty dirty water, so I can't run my water maker, and that's one of the other problems I've got. There's lots of fishing boats. You know, there's lots of oil in the water, so you know, water makers don't like to uh, be processing um, oily water or dirty water. And I can't find clean water, you know, uh, because I've didn't really use much water on the trip up now we've got four of us on board but no one was taking showers because everybody's seasick and uh, lying in bed half the time the last thing they want to do is stand in a shower (laughs) um i generally don't even bother having a shower for you know a week-long trip um i prefer to say before i get there but yeah everybody here because not really like ocean sailing people Now over here, they all think that I've got this endless supply of bloody drinking water, which I don't. I have 300 litres on board. And if I want more, I've got to make more. Um, So now I'm just about empty. I either need to leave the harbour and go and make water, or I need to find some water. When we are at the dock, I couldn't find any fresh water. There's some mystical tap, I'm sure, or, uh, or I need to get a water tanker in and fill up. And again, I'm not even... That keen on that because you don't know where the water's coming from. So I think now I'm gonna to have to go and buy bottled water, which is pissing me off. And I, as much as I try and tell people to be super conservative, they're not. Um, can't seem to make them understand that a short one minute shower is enough or you know, go for a swim, take the dinghy, go outside in the uh, outer harbour and have a swim. But no. City people are city people. It takes a while to become a boat person. But I do have enough, enough water for my cup of tea, so I'm not completely pissed off. Um, yeah, so there's some of the considerations to um, coming to Tonga. I'm going to start putting some of this on my uh, website, I think. Uh, I haven't really. I used to have a website running when I grew tired of it, closed it down. I think I'll probably. Change the focus. Put some stuff on a website. Helpful tips for different places. Make it, you know, date it because uh, everything changes. Um, I use a site called Noon Site, which is paid information, but they're also pretty handy for clearing clearing customs and places like that where the customs is. In this case, it wasn't correct. Or um, well, some of the processes are correct, but you yeah, know the um, locations were completely wrong. So. But yeah, you work it out when you get to a place. You just wander around. You know, you be polite, smile lots. don't get pissed off. Never get pissed off at customs, cause they can just fuck you around no end. So um, regardless of how tired you are, or, well, you yeah, know, try and sleep before you come in, get some rest, um, have a sleep before you clear customs, because then you're um, you're not bothered as much by some of the ludicrous processes. Um but yeah these guys are all pretty you know pretty welcoming. Um yeah, you got the typical customs face on when they first turn up, you know, like it's like they're gonna go through your boat like a dose of the salt, but um yeah, I think that's just the uh the propaganda they run. So yeah, we are in Tonga. Uh, the kingdom of Tonga. And um I'll follow this up with another Another podcast talking about the King's birthday, once we've done it, and um, probably up to Pungai, I think. Yeah, we'll talk about the Middle Kingdom. So I'm not the greatest consistent podcaster. I try just to um, talk about the main events, talk about helpful hints. Uh, In this case, you know, i am taking crew on. Um, I really don't know whether it's better to have crew or not, like... uh, I think the first three or four days, I was pretty much looking after everybody. Yeah, you know, Pierre, Pierre became less prone to seasickness um, about day three. <coughs> Excuse me. The girls were pretty much sick, You know, maybe two-thirds of the trip. That meant you know, I was doing a lot of the cooking and Pierre was picking up the slack. Um, I still make everybody get up and do their watches. You know, if you want to get on a sailboat, then you do watch. You get out of bed. Doesn't matter how sick you feel and you are uh, you do watch. If you're throwing up over the side, that's that's okay. As long as you've got a life jacket on and you've clipped in so you can't completely fall over, and I, I make people understand that don't hang your ass over the side when you're vomiting, you know, just stick your head out. We can always wash it, vomit off the side of the boat, it's not such a big deal. But yeah, the when people get seasick and they're tired. They become less concerned about their own welfare which is dangerous so you've got to constantly monitor them um, which is tiring for me <laughs> so I'm exhausted so solo or with crew I honestly don't know um, it's fun meeting other people with learning about them their cultures uh, eating different foods which is always good um, just generally sitting around talking shit which is, you know, it's okay to uh, find out different aspects of life that uh, you're not familiar with Um, but yeah, I think sometimes having crew is far harder than not having crew and in in the first few days I was solo plus looking after people so you know, that aspect makes it even uh, tougher, Yeah, you're even more tired you're just worn out but now that we're up here, as long as the weather doesn't deteriorate, we should have some pretty easy sailing, just, you know, almost day sails from location to location, try and just sail during the daylight hours, or maybe an overnight ocean bounce back into an island. Need to be careful here in Tonga, The um, there is a lot of reef, uh, and I'm not sure how well it's surveyed, and how accurate the charts are, so... I can stay in the open ocean during the evening and then head into the islands um, during daylight hours I think it'll be a lot safer and ideally I'll just be doing daylight day sails that would make things even better but I've got a feeling we're going to be doing a bit more motoring here um, with lighter conditions so yeah probably spend a bit more money on fuel I don't know how expensive fuel is here, but uh, I guess we'll find out soon enough. All right, that's, um, that's us in Tonga, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Safe sailing.